Welcome back to another episode of the Fake Nerd Book Club. This is our bi-weekly rotation series taken out of our original old programming for the original Fake Nerd Podcast episodes. And now we do it bi-weekly rotation. It is my turn, and I have picked 20th Century Men. Uh, this is written by Denise Kampf with art by Stepan Morin and uh, lettering by Aditya Bidikar. Um and I picked this. Uh, I am Sparks Witty. I'm super excited to talk about this. Um, it's a it's a really special comic, I think, for this year. But before we get into it, uh, I'm joined by Ryan Eliopoulos. Yo, yo, yo. I'm here to talk about cool comics. I make bombs to save the world. And Ben Magnet. Yo, I'm also here to talk about my feelings because, uh, yeah, I got them. I, I love it. You know, uh, it's great when you have a reaction. So. Ben, did you real quick, did you see Oppenheimer by any chance? Not yet. Interesting. He didn't want to I, go. Interesting. I, know, I, 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 I honestly want to reveal feel it. like this is a great double pairing with Oppenheimer because it's like, what if mm. Oppenheimer had uh, superheroes involved? It's kind of the feeling I got mm. in this book. Uh, you know what? I got that. I got that a sense of that. It was like this is feeling very like, like what? I, I don't know how to describe it, but it definitely had like superheroes World War Two, but not like the but not like the Justice Society of America superheroes. Like you know, like the the I don't want to call them Gilded Gods, but you know, yeah. the good guys. But then it's like, hey. Here, let's put in some stuff through Vietnam and um, the Russian invasion of Afghanistan and some really horrible shit. And really, really I'm just going to say it. President Thomas Good is like if Arnold Schwarzenegger and Donald Trump had a fucking baby. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. hate it. I just, oh, yeah. I, I know you're supposed to, but God, do I hate it. I love, I love, I love it. I'm super stoked to get into it. For anyone unfamiliar, if you are deciding to listen to this, we are going to talk about the entire book, all six issues. That is a complete story uh, at mm -hmm. this moment of 20th century, man. Um, uh, I, I highly recommend picking it up and reading it for yourself. And then if you want to come back and check out our discussion, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that's the better way to go about it. I don't usually give that kind of preamble. I think a lot of our conversations are things where you can like get interested and decide to get into it yourself. And it's not necessarily a huge idea to have huge problem to have spoilers and things like that. But I think this one, you should go in with your own mindset about it Absolutely. And, then, and then hear other thoughts to, to filter. This off. isn't real good. This isn't like your traditional, I was speaking to you yeah, before yeah. this. Uh, this isn't your traditional six issue, like Spider-Man comic. And that's again, I'm knocking at like superhero comics. You know, I love superhero comics, but like this is, this is a independent comic trying to do something different and trying to be really big and bold and like be really real in the realm of superhero comic books. Uh, and to try to do that uh, on itself is an achievement. But the fact that this book is looks as good as it does and and is written like beautifully, like Alan Moore, like like my God, I love I love Alan Moore. Like this this is one of the most like beautifully written like poetic pieces of terror I've ever read in my life. Yeah, the way that it's able to able to bring horror and war, but beauty, like all the type of stuff I love about genre fiction. Like this is like. This is the apex of it. This is truly like, I'm, this is one of my favorite comics I've read in my entire life. I'm just going to tell you right now. I think this thing is is astonishing. Uh, uh, and it is not a regular comic that that will be for four quadrants. And many people do have a visual, visual reaction to it. And I'm happy whether you like it or not. Uh, because again, Ben, that's what I was talking about uh, in art. Like, if it makes you feel something, then it's working. If you don't mm. feel anything, then what's the what's the point of being there? So whether you like it or not, I'm happy. I'm happy you're here, man. I'm happy we get to talk about this because this is this is a real book, dude. This talks yeah. about real shit that really happened through, oh, yeah. the, through the the lens of Captain America and stuff. Yeah. Now, before we like get into it, 
I yeah, want to preface. I want to preface this and make it and make sure everyone's on the same page here. Mm-hmm. I do not think this book is bad. Yes, I think sure. this book truly is like pretty much everything that Brian said. This book is a work of art. This book is trying to tell something different. Honestly, my favorite issue is issue four, where the entire, almost all the dialogue is from quotes from books, from newspaper paper clippings and everything like that. That I think is really interesting and a really beautiful way to tell a story. And also it's heart wrenching, but man, was this really hard for me to get through. And I got to say, guys, I did not like it. Yeah, I, sure. I was, I am not a big fan of this book. I do see that this book is trying something different, but oof, the feelings, man, the, the, the general feelings and just, it was, it was the feelings. And also just, I don't know if it's because of all, a lot of other stuff that's happening in like in, in real world America right now. And sure. I see some parallels in this book that are, very scary and very frightening and i don't want to have that stuff in my headspace right now um and there and like sparks earlier when we were doing our haunted mansion review you said this book is dense you're 100 correct it is dense but there were times where it was dense i did nod off a little bit not to say it was boring but it was just very like i said dense like take a shot every time i say dense Look, if I'm being honest, like the I, I reread it today in in more or less one sitting. But the first time I read it, I took breaks um, at the mm-hmm. chapters, and I kind of let what happened in the chapters sit with me before I went back. This was it. a monthly release book, so like we are yeah, reading right. the trade of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and uh, I I don't I don't necessarily think it's designed to be gone through in one sitting. No, um, no. and so I I think I think. I probably could have prepared you a little better and said, maybe try and start this earlier and just do a chapter at a time. Honestly, like of all the books that we've ever read and maybe going forward ever, this is one where I wish we've done a miniseries on it because this is a six issue miniseries. It's not as a normal six issue comic. These are all double, triple length comics. Right. The first yeah. issue is 60 pages. It is a yeah. almost 300 page. Uh, it's it's basically a 14 issues of a comic book. Um, and, and I'll be honest, like I think, one of the detractors is if you're trying to read this all in one day because you're not reading it slowly or reading it month to month, then that will, you're trying to absorb a lot of information at once. And if you're not normally trying to, if you don't normally do that, then it's, you're unloading so much shit into your brain and you can't process all of it. And I think honestly, that is one little thing that, that uh, again, reading something like this as opposed to a throwaway Spider-Man issue, like you can read that in five minutes. You cannot read one of these issues in five minutes. You have to yeah. read. Uh, Ryan Ryan knows just for context that I've kind of been sitting on this one for a few months now, yeah. um, wanting to get it into the rotation because I've been quite excited to talk about it. Um, but it, it's definitely like it, it could. It, it, we <laughs> Ryan's right. Like a, a small mini series, maybe like two chapters at a time or something, might have been a better way to go about it. But like that's a little selfish of me to put the book club into that yeah. position for something I want to pick. Yeah. Um, uh but nonetheless here we are um i think any reactions are valid yeah. uh uh to your point ben because you brought up uh talking about like current day stuff and everything i do want to contextualize like what we're talking about takes place in a uh alternate history version essentially of um the 1980s uh focused mm-hmm. on the soviet soviet invasion of afghanistan which did happen yep um and then like recontextualizing it into this uh with all this new stuff around it uh, uh with superheroes and things like that um, one of the reasons, and he talks about in the afterward that Camp made this choice, is because um, the, you know what, I just want to read the quote because it's it's too good. Um, so, I said it in the past because the present was too confusing and the future was kind of unimaginable. 
Um, and I think that's really valuable. And I really appreciate that because you can see where you can do this closer to the current time period. Mm -hmm. But I, I really focus on that second part of the sense, like the future feels unimaginable. We feel like at such a stuck point, I get not wanting to unload the heavy emotions and depression that can be attached to what's happening in this book to the current moment. There's enough going on as it is. Yeah. So I yeah. do like the recontextualization. Yeah. But there's something very, very apt in like what is what is still really resonant today, I think more than anything, is that we are so recent from the leaving of Afghanistan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um and what is said about what's happening with them here is just as poignant for everything that was happening with them for the past two decades. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to dig into that. Um, uh, you kind of said like that you don't like it. Um, I guess I, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start, but I, I think I want to start with <laughs> where, why, why do you feel like you don't like it? I feel that I don't like it. Um, now story wise, now I do like like how there's like branching different stories and there's different and there's um different stories from different points of view. Like you have like an issue for you have the story from um the in, the journalist's point of view, mm -hmm. and that. But when I'm introduced to um um P, uh Pitor the essentially the iron the uh, the Soviet the Iron, iron Man, Star yeah, yeah the Iron Star I. I want to say when I was introduced to him, I was like, okay, so we're following this man's story who was taken from his mom. He's a Soviet scientist. He's one of the most smartest men in the world. And he is in Afghanistan trying to find the his atomic heart, essentially. Uh -huh. And then we go, like, you have that, you have, um, like, when we get, because at first, like, there, I'm trying to put this into words, because a lot of times, there, what the book was saying was flying over my head. And then I tried to reread read the sentence three or four times and it still flew over my head. I'm like, what is I like, I read the words, but I cannot comprehend them. Okay. Sure. Um, do you feel like a lot of what making is making you say you don't like the book is just maybe you need more time to just be able to, to digest and sit with it. Like, and I do mean not the whole thing, but like in an individual basis possibly because now now i kind of do wish it was like hey you should probably read like a chapter a day to leading up to this because reading this all in like even though i did take a break halfway through it was still like what is going I did, on i here? did try to say this was going to be a heavy one um i also i could have been more specific and yeah, said in length start yeah. now yeah. krylov that's the the journalist krylov krylov yeah yeah so i was like oh, oh my god oh my god krylov. i think the 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 thing that Obviously, Ebony's story has some great characters, but, like, the characters in this book are so fleshed out, so well-written, and, like, I don't think anybody's perfect. In fact, like, the only character who I thought was perfect ends up being, like, the thief of the, of the MacGuffin of, of, the, of the comic, Azra. Azra. Uh, she kills the Iron Heart. Right. Uh, and I'm like, man, I like, this, like, it, it, it's another curveball I did not expect, but I guess she did it for good reasons. Right, and, she's, like, maybe, she's maybe the closest to perfect. Yeah. If you had someone. And, again, she did it for good reasons, uh, uh, and then, you get, and then, like, there's, like, the Russian uh, paradise uh, in in uh, in Siberia, yeah. which is like the Wonder Woman equivalent. Like there are so many. I was talking to Sparks earlier about this, but like this really is like the modern day Watchmen. And I and I hate to be like reductive, but when I think of the parallels that they're doing, the types of stories that they're telling, especially like the artwork, like this this is some of the most like beautiful artwork I've ever seen in a comic. And it's like mm -hmm. 
there are so many different styles. Like depending on what era it's in or or the mood, it could be really detailed or it could be really dirty and really kind of yeah. like grimy. And especially in the in the violence with Six Bill, yeah. uh, the oh, the American yeah. super weapon, that dude's like a raging ca- caveman. The Holocaust machine. The Holocaust machine. I feel like he's like he's literally like jumping out of his lines in the comic book sometimes. Like yeah. he is he is so kinetic and like this book just made me feel it been like it is it is a it is a hard read, but like comics like this need to be around too because no, like they can't all be light and fluffy and like no no no, uh, no, no. Uh, you know now, like, like like i said earlier i know this book is good like i know sure, when yeah. i was reading i was looking at stories like i know there's substance in here there's a lot of meat on these bones it's yeah. and when i say i don't like it i don't like it because it's bad i think it's just like in my personal headspace where i am right now this is definitely not something for me to read sure, because because sure. like i said it's giving me like feelings like um I don't know if we want to, because I know with our book clubs, we like to jump and like, I don't know if we want to go for start from beginning to end or we can jump around. Um, yeah, you know, um, uh, we'll, we'll this kind sto- of. This story's non-linear. We could be non-linear. Yeah, we, we can jump All right, cool. Around. Let's jump around. Jump around. Jump around. Like, I want to talk about President Good, uh, first of all. Like I said earlier, it's like if Donald Trump and Arnold Schwarzenegger had a freaking baby and I hate him. Oh, yeah. Um, seeing him and also seeing a bunch of like i don't want to say like his republican constituents or just like all of those other people in suits yeah i don't know but i saw essentially i saw the current modern republican party there not to get super political but dear god Man, it's also I just... the republican party of 1987 yeah it is a republican party this, this these are it's yeah. it is not yeah. ronald reagan but it might as well be it's all about it's all about the fact that like they do bend to the shareholders, but uh, I, I want you to say what you want to say, and then sorry, I want to talk about this. Yeah, essentially, just like hearing what they're talking about, about like holding the shareholders, and especially even when when uh, President Good was talking about how he fights, for, especially like his opening address about how he launched an attack on Afghanistan, and is like, "We don't stand to eat. We fight for freedom. We fight for this." I'm just like, sitting there going, "Why do I hear this in Trump's voice?" Sure. Yeah. And I was, it was just one of those things where, like I hear this with that just that scraggly just <clears throat> well Trump, voice. Trump is uh Trump is very much like you know in, in our in our current politics Trump is very much like he carried the same um propaganda put to Han um very like prideful Christian America first mentality mm-hmm. that got Reagan elected like he ran with that same that same thing yeah. and we're talking about similar contemporary eras, similar things going on in similar ways that our American presidents behaved. Um, so I, I, I totally get it. And obviously like he's very honest about, you know, having to write this during a time when Trump incited a riot on the Capitol, like, you know, and how that affects like what you pour into the story, how you feel about. It. So th- yeah. these aren't mistakes to feel that. Right, I know it's upsetting right. to have to think about him, but like, uh, He's he's a product of the American machine. Yeah, he is. You know? No, he is. And even and even though I didn't watch it um, at the time of this recording, the Republican the first Republican primary debate happened a few days ago. I did I did not watch it. I've been seeing clips of it online, and essentially the the thing that ruffled my feathers the, the most was when a bunch of uh, um, hopefuls for the highest office in land were saying that they were going to gut the Department of Education. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, that wasn't mean, that wasn't the part I thought you were going to say, but go on. Oh uh, no, I I because I obviously I have a, a few friends who are teachers. I have I have friends who 
not only work with the profession, but they also work with schools. They are counselors, they're educators. And just hearing that they are trying, they want to, that some of them want to gut. I mean, obviously it's taking out of context. I've only seen hearing like one part of them wanting to do that. But at the same time, it's like, excuse me, why do you want to gut a department of the United States government that's actually extremely vital to billions of Americans? Right. So they can control the narrative. Millions. Yeah, exactly. I would say millions. Maybe not billions. Yeah, maybe um, millions. I thought the part I, there's only seven billion people in quick, the world. Quickly in yeah. context of the of what Ben was saying, what I thought you were gonna bring up is when they asked, uh, would you still support Trump as the the nominee if he is nominated but then arrested? Oh uh, yeah, and that like, turned to my stomach too. And and like half of them raised their hands and I'm like, no. You should all of them. He got, hands. He got put in prison. No, he didn't. No, they didn't. Um, Chris Christie oh, okay. and, and Mike Pence in particular were like, no, um, they out that they follow the rule of law first. No. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there uh, necessarily. Yeah. But um, I, I know what you mean. We're in a we're in a tumultuous moment in yeah. America. So, so this, this feeds into that into yeah. that um, specifically. What I wanted yeah. to comment on because you brought up the shareholder moment and everything. Um, when he's talking to the constituents, is that I really appreciate that there is still like even for Thomas Good, who's a piece of shit. And it's not that you should feel bad for him necessarily, but he's... He's part of the system. He still... He, well, he still believes in... He believes in the fight. He believes in yeah. the bullshit he's pumping, right? And these guys don't care. This is a very, like, Last Jedi kind of moment um, mm -hmm. that, that Last Jedi didn't do uh, enough with. Uh, well, not really Last Jedi, but the rest of Star Wars. But the fact that, like, there are the people who, like, they just, they just want war to be going on. Yeah. It's not about... Any victory is profit off of war. And and that's really the thing that drives the whole machine, um, which is why they were able to throw Biden so deeply, deeply under the bus for pulling us out of Afghanistan and making that like the most unpopular thing he did. Um, not true. Uh, but you, you get what I mean there. Um, yeah. So... I, I really appreciate that they, you know they're they're criticizing good, but they're also criticizing the people who fill the pockets, yeah, and profit off of it, regardless of who wins a battle or whatever. Uh, they just care about war going on, um, and I'm glad that that's also part yeah. of the story that's in, integrated it, in there. It it's constantly just like it's all like he, when you hear like those hippies and those other people who are very disenfranchised or not disenfranchised, but they are very just like the wool has been taken off of their eyes and they're just like, every time they, every time they hear us anything about like America being to quote the newsroom. So star spangled awesome. They just go, Oh, it's all a machine, man. And it's yeah. like, uh, they're kind of right. I mean, you got yeah. these people who are celebrating the fact that they're making X amount of money and mm -hmm. it's just, well, it's, it's sickening. Well, and remember the hippie, the, the hippie thing you're referencing, like all of that, that's in response to Vietnam. And there's a reason why mm -hmm. Vietnam is where we kick off uh, with this story. Yes. Because Vietnam is pretty much for everyone, contextually for this book, but also in our in our reality. That is the one where it's like, we everybody knows this was gone into for the wrong reasons and, and done in a way where uh, it, it was just a completely in, inappropriately matched. Clusterfuck. And yeah. ruining the lives of people for no good reason. Um, and and was a that's why there was so much protest to it was knowing actively like this is not a war we should be in mm -hmm. um and and there are parallels of how like america never really gets out of that right you know like we go from there to getting involved in afghanistan and yep. all, all the things like that it, we never really 
get out of the like kind of putting ourselves where we shouldn't be and in a way yeah. it's it's be. it is the american imperialism or like it, it is what it is the thomas good men mentality of like you know i don't like starting fights but if there's a bully out there i'm gonna go kill him that's that's and that's the american dream right that's the american way right that that's his whole thing and like what i love about this book is like when he's going against these these, these like other evil white people they're all bad but they're coming at it from different perspectives. Like one, I love his speech. He's like, you vultures make me sick. You destroy this country if it upped your circulation a few points. Uh, you have a responsibility to this country. And he's like, yes, sir, I do believe I do. And like, they're coming at it from totally different perspectives, but they're going after the same thing. And I'm like, yeah. there's so ev everybody has a different perspective. And I don't think many of the people in this book are good. Even our hero, like he is, well, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I think Plat Platinoff is pretty good, or Iron Star, uh, uh, despite like loving to smash people in the bits. Uh, man, I, his suit is radical, man. So it's like cool. a, oh it's God. like a giant metal gorilla. Uh, it's weird because Platinov, I felt like I felt for the most. Yeah, right. I mean, he's, I mean, obviously he's just trying to get. He's just trying to. He's trying to find his his heart, his third heart, and he's just going through the motions he's doing what soviet command wants and even when you go when we find the other soviet soldiers what i also love about this book is that there's no clear cut i mean obviously both sides are bad every mm -hmm. like the soviets are i mean there are some good people like i would argue that he's not the best person but he does he tries to do the right thing is Platinov. Mm -hmm. but then of course you like at some other people in soviet command who are just like absolutely terrible and sure. then you, of course, you you look on the other side, you see all the atrocities the Americans are doing. And I would argue that Egon is trying to fight a war. Like, I I want to say it was an issue three or issue two, where he's talking to a, a reporter and he says he's trying to fight his, his, his war isn't with Thomas Good. He's trying to fight a war against war. Yeah. And then we get to the final two panels. I'm like, what yeah yeah that's some like heavy shit and dude like they they would kill journalists not with like crazy uh a jimmy hendrix poison which is an incredible like comic book thing right but like people like that happens today like people who speak up too loud against the government get get assassinated and like mm -hmm. again giving it the superhero lens like it's like the type of thing where i'm like man like having having americans in this comic do blatantly what we you know know and and talk about putin doing yeah uh is is really stark um i want to i want to come back to egon but i want to focus on uh what you were saying with platinov um what i think is so wonderful about this book is that there are two there are two perspectives that really matter um and it's platinov's and it's azra's um mm -hmm. and platinov is so fascinating because this is not a comic where you would expect to not start from the american point of view um let alone being in the Soviet Russian one, let alone being in the Soviet Russian one, but with someone who is critical of Soviet Russia. Yeah. Not to the degree where he'll be rebellious towards it, but to the degree where he's like, I don't know. I mean, like, they're we're kind of, everyone's terrible, aren't they? Yeah. Like, that's kind of what he's come away with. Mm -hmm. like, he's like, I know Russia's terrible, but like, the Americans aren't better. Yeah, he's um, like, he's a realist about it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and I really, I appreciate that because, you know, the amount of times where he tries to like, T turn down Krylov for the interview because he's like, trust me, the American people don't want to hear shit about what's going on out here. They don't want to know. They don't want it. the truth. No, they no. never want the truth. No. Um, I know the truth and the truth is terrible and it makes you hate everything. Yep. Like uh, you don't want to know the truth. Uh, and I really like his connection with Azra that there's this, this kind of kindness that he has. Um, and uh, I especially really like the, 
um, parallel of when he went and visited uh, uh, Paradise mm-hmm. to being with Azra. And in the moment, he's saying, like, Azra, you can't have this. Like, it's not going to work. It never It's works. unsustainable. And it's because he's been to Paradise, and Paradise fell apart. Paradise didn't work. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really love that, just as, like, a, I, I, I believed in one, one thing that made me think maybe the world could be good. Yeah. And that fell apart. This will All fall apart. All the pigs apart. died. Right. Well, way more than that happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, that was, yeah, that whole sequence was just, like, and I was really worried because this is a really heavy book. That like after this paradise segment, that like I, we wouldn't get happy endings for a lot of these characters or something. But like specifically that final issue, man, like the final segment with the Afghan with Afghanistan itself and the people, and now they're like the way that they're starting to thrive outside of this. Yeah. And like the book opens with like a sunny sky with nobody in panel, and then the book ends with a kid flying a kite and how like there's hope for the future. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is. So well, because, beautiful because you That's get the, so beautiful. Yeah, I really well. I I, I don't want to talk about it too much. Yeah, I do want to get in the final issue yeah. towards the end uh, and like what that what that all wrapped up into because I think it's I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, but um, yeah. Uh, I, I think Platonov is such an interesting like for for a while he's kind of he feels like our main character and then that kind of starts to give way to Krylov. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we kind of shimmy on back to Platonov's view before we get deeply into Azra's. Um, but even then, like we're we're following Platinov, but we're we're really with Azra at that point. Um, I'm cheering for Azra. Oh. Uh, I apologize. I apologize, Sparks. Um, I'm rooting for Azra. Panel one. Second, I see her, I'm like, go, girl, do it. Yeah, she's she's got a she's got an energy to her that really works. Um, they have such a, a lovely relationship that like they do. She does mention at the end that there is romance involved, but like it doesn't really feel like that. It feels just like they have like they just have a strong connection with the type of work that they do. I love the way they do that, by the way, that she's like, and then it was almost a love story, and then turn the page and there's the other guy yes. who walks in behind Ali. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like it's like even she in her own mind is acknowledging there there could have been something with Platinov, but yeah. like that is and Platinov clearly kind of feels it too. But like it was never going to be. Yeah. One of the like, because they once again panel one or even the, with them talking to each other like in the first issue when he tells her I need your answer I would like your answer now, um, and there's the bubbles where the thought bu- or not the thought bubbles just like the the narration text saying mm-hmm. that that's the curse of being the, of the type of people we are we already know the answers but we ask anyway. That's yeah. so good. This this yeah, truly is, is like. like no, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, like you can tell, like I could tell that he is just like head over heels for this woman. And while she shows a kindness and she probably has feelings for him, he knows that he will never get those feelings reciprocated in the way that he will give them to her. And she also knows this, but she, it doesn't mean that she's a bad person. It doesn't mean that she's going to be horrible. And obviously for, um, for the iron star, it's the same thing. Jumping ahead to issue five, you, or no, is it issue? I'm getting my issues mixed up. I might. Um, when he finally finds the heart at um her village, yeah, that's and fine. she says, "You could have brought an army, you could have leveled this entire place, but you brought yourself, mm-hmm. yeah, because you knew that you were gonna walk out of here, yeah, yeah." And I'm just and like, you wanted uh, to know. You wanted to. Mm-hmm. You wanted to know. You wanted to hear it. You wanted to hear mm-hmm. the why. Yeah, I think. Yeah this book is just so well written and like the thing that it does so well like i didn't think there was someone who could like out like and quip's not the right word but like 
have like the dopest line of all time, like more than Jonathan Hickman. You know how Jonathan Hickman, like I just turn a page and someone will say something really dope. Every five mm-hmm. seconds, somebody's saying like the most incredible thing I've ever heard in my life. And some of it is really awesome. Some of it's really tragic. Some of it's really poignant. But like, I'm thinking of when uh, uh, Platinov is getting is getting basically kidnapped. And he's like, mama, mama, I'm going to go. No, you'll die. No, I won't. Then, you're, then you'll kill. And his mother's crying, like knowing what's going to happen. And you'll, you'll see her again, Platinov. Don't worry. I won't. Well... No, but Russia is more important than the truth. And like every single like conversation, funny, I heard it the other way. That's that's his response. Oh, that's his response. Okay, yeah, he okay. says he I says uh, Russia uh, Russia is more important than the truth. And Platinov's response is funny. I heard it's the other way. Oh, that was the next page. Okay, yeah. Um, every every line has like it feels like a, like a mic is being dropped. Uh, specifically during like the war segment. Uh, in uh, is it the fourth issue where the cowboys, the suicide cowboys, come? Where it is nothing but quotes from all of our main characters, and every single one of those quotes is like the dopest like yeah. war. Like if somebody said that in like a movie, it would be like the rousing, rousing speech, right? Yeah. And the entire thing is filled with like the most poetic, like scary stuff I've ever read. It's really uh, Ben. You highlighted it at the beginning that like uh, the fourth issue is your favorite, um, for mm-hmm. chapter four, where where it is. Um, all our information comes down from um, accounts later. Uh, even one of them talking about this as the context of World War III. Yeah. Um, and it it's really great because I, I was listening to Camp talk about writing this and he, he, he really wanted it to feel like something that you, uh, not a story you were being told, but a story you were learning about. Yeah, yeah. And I think that really comes across, obviously, in chapter four because you have this, this context of like, a life that exists past this moment that you're uh, viewing and mm-hmm. from different perspectives and how people are looking at it. And one of my favorites is that in the mix of all these, you have like Platinov's accounts, you have Krylov's accounts, you have American accounts, all these kinds of things, but you also have Joya's. Yeah. And Joya is an Afghanistan person who is viewing this and saying like other people come and destroy our home and for and like all the time, just like, well, what, what is all this for? Um, mm-hmm. all we know is this now. Yeah. And the, re- the reason why I like issue four so much is just because of how different it tells the story. Yeah. Um, like obviously the suicidal cowboys, um, the, the bow artists and that whole issue, like, like the, I love how they call themselves the suicide cowboys. Cause they actually kind of look like the Dallas Cowboys football team. Like the sure. helmet starts like, oh, that's a football uniform. That's not a mistake. And, not at all. Nope. <laughs> definitely not a mistake. Um, but I, you're, I absolutely agree because part of me was, I was reading this is like, are we going to be going into like a doomsday scenario here where like bombs start falling and everything gets like screwed up and the world is in is destroyed. But the fact that I was reading stuff is like, Oh no, like, like stuff in the past tense. And then you can, when you read other little blurbs about it, what a blurb that sticks out in my mind is the authorized biography of Thomas good. Uh huh. Yeah. Yes, uh, like, you, like you blatantly saying like this is propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but that's that's unfortunately that's uh, a lot of times how we have to look at a lot of historical events, including Vietnam. Um, yep. How do you get real information about what Vietnam was like? Well, you kind of got to hear a lot of different perspectives from the people that were there, and a lot of and taking a lot of information about it because if you just go with what the American like sanitized version will be it won't it won't tell you the truth about it yeah one of my favorite things about the the suicide cowboys is the uh uh comment that i think it's platinov's uh 
story from later that textually that we're being given but he says like these were people dying of cancer yes people who were deeply mm. in debt america had turned its own despair into a weapon yep yeah. uh and i was like oh my god that is so horrifying this this idea that some of these people are suicide squad some of these people are there and doing this because they've bought in not only to the american idea but they're like hey if i go do this my family gets the american dream free of debt yep yeah, that's it's really good. horrifying. Uh, I, it is. I got a couple a... Joya, Joya quotes real quick, Ben, that I really mm -hmm. love. Uh, who can understand this kind of madness but the mad? Yeah. What kind of coward fights his battles in another man's home? Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh but but even but to to talk to Sparks about the um, the suicidal cowboys and how if they go on fight, they do this, their families and their next of kin, they get like these grand rewards. It's so sickening. Because when I read that, I'm like, if that was, thank God it's not real. But if it was, there'd probably be a line around a few blocks of time. people ready to well, sign up. Right. And that's that's the point, right? Well, I mean, like, honestly, Ben, that is part of our military machine. A lot, of, going how, to college. A lot of how people are recruited out of college is like being told, well, you know, you go, you just do a few years and you're kind of set for life. Sure. Uh, financially. And it's, it's. Not telling them everything. They not right giving out, them I, the whole truth. It's right yeah. out of high school because yeah. Yeah. you guys know my my younger brother was in the military. Uh huh. Yep. Right out of high school, he w went to U.S. Army. Thankfully, his job in the military was air traffic control, and now he works for the FAA. And I, he's he's fine. I, he's set. I sh I shit you not, Ben. I think about like every single day. I think about a TikTok video that went out uh, about the guys sitting in in the in like their their army camp or whatever Why did wherever they were the staying and it well he said what would you say to your recruiter oh. if you could talk to him now and one guy looked straight in the camera and said why didn't you tell me yeah it's awful <laughs> like just like straight up like yeah why'd you lie to me yeah uh mm -hmm. and it's it, it's chilling like the way that he clearly feels about it he's in it and he just looks at it and he's like, why'd you lie to me? Yeah. Um, why would, why wasn't, why was this not what I was told? On the suicide cowboys, they seem so impossibly alive. In fact, they were dead men. That's what gave them such power over us. Like just banger after banger, every yeah. single page, yeah. one of these. Yeah. Yeah, if, if there's like, another, if, if there was another title for this chapter, it'd be oops, all bangers. It's all bangers. They yeah. feel like a very oppressive force that just drops on them. Um, the the way that it's off, it's off obviously with the sniper shot, um, mm -hmm. but but continues is just and like uh, me personally, the first time I was reading it, like I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop of a uh, bill to show up yeah. in that fight. Yeah, but they don't do that yet, uh, which I thought was brilliant. It just comes right off. So that shows up on like the first page, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Cut to halfway through this book, yo man, I'm ripping my face off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is this bothering you? Don't worry, it comes right up. Horrible. Incredible, incredible stuff. Um, but like, I, that's also part of what I think is the genius of this book is that the book, oh, the, it's easy to look at it and think that what it's setting you up for is like the big showdown between Platinov and Bill, but that's not what it's actually about, and that's not what it's setting you up for. Um, and I really love that, like. Russia and America fighting is a point of the book. It's important. It's a big part of the story that's happening. But the real story is about the people who are suffering because of where they're doing it. Uh, 
And and that specifically, like that context is why mm-hmm. I love this book so goddamn much. Yeah. yeah. I, I you a, know what I think I think if I give this book another read, but take breaks. Yeah. And proper breaks because the more I'm more talking about this, the more I'm actually the more I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. That point is really it's poignant, and I'm understanding the book a little bit better. Um, I might. I mean, obviously, I'll change my tune about it because once again, this is not a bad book. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Um, it was just like after I was done with it, I was like, oh, thank God, I'm done with. It. I don't have to read this. It was so much. It was just so like all like these mixed emotions. And I think now that sure. I have time to digest it a little bit and I talk about it with you guys, it's like okay, I could take it. I could take a breather, and then sometime down the line, I'll probably pick it up again, give it a reread. Yeah. Because uh, this, I, yeah. sorry, um, I just the uh, after the big conflict is over and and the president's with all 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 the old guys again, uh, and he's like, why are you fat fuck celebrating? Platinoff survive. Uh, this country is gonna fall apart uh, without him. And he's like, eh, maybe so, maybe not. Whatever. Conflict is good for business, Mister President. He's like, yeah, I get it. The wars to win, but we have one. The winners are the winners of a war are by definition those who profit, aren't they? I'm like, it's all it's always about money. I'm like that again. Let's you bring up the last Jedi yeah. thing on Canto Bide. There was there was like, oh, we sell to the the Republic and the and the Sith or whatever, right? Like that is super interesting but like we don't dive into it too much and like that's just that's that's that is the real world but it's also like the, the real reality of this book uh mm-hmm. but like s- superheroes are involved there's so many um there's so many i by the way ben i'm i'm stoked to hear you say it because i really do hope at some point you get to return to this uh on your own time in your own way um because i think i think you would get a lot out of a out of doing so um mm-hmm. but but i you know I, I, I just appreciate you saying that you want to do that, but um, there's so many good mm-hmm. lines uh, and, and camp and, and um, uh, Maureen talked a lot about the research that went into really wanting to represent Afghanistan correctly. Yeah. Um, and all parts of the book as, as aptly as they could, even as they are creating a fictional story, they are using a lot of real world um contemporary touchstones or things that are actually historically true um i really appreciate that the centralization of afghanistan not just uh as a place where this war is happening but the people who it is happening to um i think is so 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 striking and profound um camp talks about it in the afterward that one of the things that he wanted to accentuate is that like uh when we go somewhere we are um when we are encountering others in a war uh they have everything we have they have fear they have joy they have dreams they have pain they have tragedy all of these things are real but we so often just are given um insurgents Mm -hmm. as a word not children insurgents um or things like that and and the way that that is reduced down and like the point of the book is to make you to engage your empathy for people who are caught in the situation that is all too real yeah uh this is a yeah. book that i already love but again this final this final segment once the big battle's happening if i could choose i choose anything uh almost anything but this but it's not our story anymore it's theirs yeah uh, it's their story we are furniture our primitives not people in their story our deaths are not celebrated or mourned or noticed in their story our deaths do not count we are not even numbers to them and that is that is why I really love about this book because like as big as it can get, it's always down to like the people that it's affecting. And my my favorite thing about it, and I, I think because you were right at that point, I do want to touch on the end now. Yeah. 
um, is Azra and us getting slowly the information because first it's, do you trust him? And we get no dialogue from her. Then we get to the next chapter and it's like, of course I trust him. Uh, still not having the full context. And when we get to the end of the story, we recognize she said, he's a bomb. I trust a bomb to explode. I and, love that line. And in doing so, learn that Azra moved everybody. Everybody's already gone before Evacuated. the bomb blows up. Um, and that's such a, a a wonderful, beautiful thing. And as she's doing that, she's contextualizing the story like, this was my role in this. I was a, I was the spy. My sister was a scientist. My sister is leaving with, with this group. Uh, my brother is a holy man. My brother has no place in war. He's leaving with this group. Yeah. Uh, I... I this is the end of my story so that that future that hope goes on and boy does he do oh. a huge ass explosion and then he's like there's no way in Dari to say I'm sorry only forgive me after he destroys the place yeah uh this is just incredible like uh, uh the artwork is so I love the artwork because again like the like the mech design is so detailed but then when you get to some of the people and when they're like really reacting like their faces are extremely exaggerated and some like it's like popping off of their face yes. like it's it almost it's like the closest thing it compares like something like uh like you know like the one piece clip that keeps going around where like where he's like running like like Looney Tunes where it's like jumping off a frame it's sure. like it is so like exaggerated but but clean at the same time it's just it's really unique if I may there's one there's a scene I want to highlight for a hot second about the art. And yeah. this was definitely a, a part in the book where I was reading this. Uh, Cause I mean, obviously issue one, fantastic art issue two. I'm like, okay, I think I can see what this guy's going with. It's only six panel or not even panels. Really. It's six images, but the fifth one, the middle on the bottom one with the lion, where oh, his yeah, yeah. face yeah, is yeah. all skewed and turned into a nightmare monster. And then I love this so normal. much. Yeah, where he's because I mean you you're talking you're like um he's talking to like this like this this British guy who or this British secret operative or something I don't even know exactly I don't remember I don't remember exactly what the line was but the fact that his face goes askew it kind of it kind of reminds me of those videos and those horror films not where it's trying to do a jump scare but when you're looking at someone and then like the image flickers to reveal mm -hmm. their true self. Yes. to reveal what they really are underneath and then the image yeah. goes back to what they want you to perceive them as the second i saw that i'm like this dude's a monster yeah in the, uh, both a literal and figurative sense and then he gets smooshed and then and a few pages later i'm like okay cool kill that. that monster uh mm -hmm. i love that whole segment of the lions like this underground like like super spy uh organization but also like the, that they stumbled upon and made work for them yeah yeah uh but also they're like the stokers of the, of the war flames like um mm -hmm. uh, the reason he turns into a monster because you're hearing platinov explain all the things this person has done in his life like stoking tensions between the hindus and the muslims in kenya uh uh, 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 doing slave stuff, those terrible starvation campaigns in the Caribbean, bus bombings in Ireland, just like stoking the flame of every possible uh, com conflict to keep the war profiteering alive. Uh, which again is unfortunate the reality of the world. But like, yeah, you also oh. you also importantly learn in that chapter how much Platonov hates spies. Yes, which mm -hmm. you don't learn until the end. Azra is. Yeah, uh, and, <laughs> and I think it's really great. But like, but that's the thing is like he he does hate spies just inherently. That's what he thinks of them. Um, is that they're the worst. But he's wowed and impressed by Azra's dream. Yes, uh, for Afghanistan. And I have to say, it's one of my favorite pages personally. Is the well, I love what Ryan's pulling up, which is totally... We haven't even talked about Chernobyl it. Dragon. No, uh, we need to talk about... Um, <laughs> yes. Let, let me... One more second before we get to that guy. Um, so, 
one of my favorite pages is the page where she shows him the part that finally makes him like be stunned, which is the desert turned green. Oh yes. Um, and like what the they can, what they can have. Um, and that's so beautiful and powerful in this moment that it's like, look, we don't we don't want what you want to give us. You know, we don't want your way. We want our own way. Uh, and I think that's so so poignantly true of of Afghanistan mm-hmm. and uh, and many other places that we've kind of stepped our foots into and again a plan off is a guy like he's not he's not america but he is like this wait you, you're self-sustaining you're on your own like this this shouldn't work right this can't be like you're better communist than me and she makes a joke that like oh, i'm a better communist than you are you mad about it uh he, yeah. is, he is kind of mad about it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's like they'll, they'll never let you have this they it's don't too, they won't know about good. it it's too, it, it doesn't benefit yeah the way that they want and if it works here it they'll they know people will think it'll work anywhere yeah absolutely. Um, yeah it's 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 really crushed a dream it's really dazzling and striking i i think it's so well executed the way that they have this ideal they're chasing and like uh again another part you know we talked about like the trump stuff and the parallels but important to note that also a lot of what was weighing on their mind at the time with ryan this was russia's invasion of ukraine that started last uh yeah year jesus it's been um, a long time yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that that's also, you know, like this is thinking about everyone who gets affected when when invasion uh, like this occurs. Yeah. Um, so, yes, let's talk about the collective man. Oh, my God. I did not with the co- co-op created kaiju at Chernobyl by the U.S. and Japan. By the, uh, the, the, the coolest like one shot that I wish I can read in the future. Um, I didn't like I was feeling Watchmen stuff like, all right, we're doing political stuff with some superhero tinge. But like this fact that like. We got like a, uh, uh, is he Russian? Do you remember? It seems to be okay. the implication. Or Ukrainian, but yeah, a, a Russian Superman, basically. Because this is still so Or Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It that's doesn't true. get broken up. So this is Soviet Russia. That's true, yeah, yeah. So like they just got a, they just got him on retainer and he's just like chilling out, just like being really cool and echoing and having like a cool like uh, sing-songy voice. Uh, really cool mm-hmm. design. I love like when he gets sad, he like gets like tall and lurches over, like just really really cool unique design for this type of character i also got yeah. a little nervous i'll be honest when he first showed up me personally i was like oh, are we introducing like superman to this yeah because yeah. i kind of don't yeah. want that and that's really not what it is yeah he's he is like a great and powerful force but he's kind of a great and powerful force force who's like i'm i'm maintaining paradise and that's supposed to be the goal but he's looking at too much of the world yeah and he's I, seeing too much desperation he's kind of like despair. like a dr manhattan guy yeah yeah for a split second when he shows up i'm like is this god you're sure god right this is this like, is this soviet god but they don't believe it i mean oh yeah there's another character i wanted to talk about for a hot second who i actually liked because you know um if, if we may can, can jump off from the collective man for a hot second yeah he's he's a small part of it yeah he gets he gets taken out does, yeah. doesn't he kill himself is that what happens he did, so the he, platinov says as he's telling the story that he's like he's not really sure what it is there were a lot of different rumors about what was happening yeah um like but the general consensus seems to be the collective man ultimately started destroying himself and his his collective selves. Yeah, it turns into an all against all, out of depression. Yeah, uh, he and, thought too much. It turns of the world. him. It reduces him to a hundred year old child, a uh, giant space baby. Yeah, uh, beautiful. I thought that was. Yeah, Lord. I thought that, and like in his own self destruction of his many selves, he is destroying paradise itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was very poignant. But let's let's go where you want to go. I uh, want to talk for a hot second about Giant. I love Giant. Yeah, baby. I'm so happy you want to bring up Giant. Put the Bible in yeah. his belt. So good. You, no, it wasn't the Bible. It was the Communist was the manifesto. manifesto. Manifesto, sorry. Well, his Bible. He couldn't, he couldn't get through the Bible. That's right, that's right. He said, <laughs> yeah. uh, 
it, I love that. That's another one of those good lines where he's like, uh, I couldn't get on board with conception uh, of the universe to start with because like it, it, it always implies an idea when you see a swollen belly, you know, someone got fucked. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> such a, such a like, there's no way it can be this perfect. Somebody had to get screwed. <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason why I like him is because he, while he's t- sorry, I just tapped my own uh, screen there. He talks about how there are warriors who, who write their, their the scriptures of their holy book, like the Quran in this case, yeah. and like you know they give up tattoos. It's also kind of like how um, people give themselves Christian tattoos or Buddhist tattoos, you know, religious ish tattoos. And since he is a communist, he doesn't believe in that. He's like, but instead of doing that, I just carried a copy. He always has a copy of the Communist Manifesto in his belt, in his front pocket. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, you're the same. Now, I, I understand where he's coming from, but also that whole, I don't want to, it's religious fanaticism while it's not being religious fanaticism. Like well, even in chapter in chapter four, like when he kisses his own the book and he puts it in his in his belt and then eventually sacrifices himself for um the journalist whose name Krylov. is Manus Fluid. Krylov. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that came around that came around dark. That did. <sighs> okay. That yeah, is the that right. is the kind this of like will... stop you stop you in your tracks moment of the book. Yeah, uh once again, visceral reactions, am I right? Yeah. But yeah. at the same time. He is fully committed to the communist way. He is. Why did you have to pull that page up, Brian? Because contact, baby. Man is fluid. Man is fluid. Man is fluid. Um, because Giant is a essentially he is like those religious fanatics who will go to war for their god. Well, yeah, and, and he he's, is. He's acknowledging like there's a power in that belief because that's what he's admiring about them. He's he's mm-hmm. saying like I, I'll watch them like you know get really messed up and keep coming like wherever their words are they are un- untouched. Um, and that makes him gives him the idea of the manifesto and his belief in it. And notably, he drops the manifesto to grab the helmet. Yeah, he was pulling it out and he drops it to grab the helmet and save Krylov. Yeah. Mm-hmm that's uh there he's he's a great he's a great character he's very i honestly kind of wish we got a little more um internality with him yeah um but it's not his story uh but i i do really like him i think he's an excellent like addition to it of someone who's kind of like the the more idealist version of pitar uh where he he can see the hope and inspiration of Soviet Russia and believe in its ideals and want to perpetuate them. He, he believes completely in the good thing. And Pitar does not believe in the good thing. It's a grenade. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Grenade that doesn't end. Yeah. Um, God, this, this might be a very, a not so clear cut analogy or comparison between giant, but the more I think about it, the more how he kind of reminds me, Okay, who here has watched Mobile Suit Gundam Seed the whole way through? No. Never mind. I'm not going to say anymore because you're not going to get it. <laughs> Remind Sorry. you of a guy from there. Sorry, Ben. But um, he has this, uh, but he's also like, you know, his his precision for murder is striking. I, I really, there's a scoped lens sniper shot in the art where we just see through the lens the hole in the man that he has created. Krylov has a particularly good line about it that I forget right now, but I think it's very strong. Um, yeah, Giant's, Giant's a really nice character because he kind of exists in this, like, uh, he kind of gives you the the opposite spectrum of the same 
uh, side of the war from Pitar. Yeah. Uh, he gives you the he gives you that I'm bought in view. And Pitar is doing yeah. it, but he's not bought in. And he's like jolly. Yeah. He's like he's yeah. he's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's definitely the type of person he's you know he's that that lovable soldier who you're like man I hope he's gonna say he's I'm mean, like man this person's a great person to be around and then you know the second I say that they're dead. Uh, Krylov's it chapter and the story about Mars that he becomes obsessed with. Oh my god, the Mars stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, propaganda uh, is that, real. And then he's like, like, this is all bullshit. And then and then Padalov shows up and he's like. No, they did that. They did that. They sent them there. We lost communication. They didn't even bother to go check for the bodies. They just, they were done with it. And so like the idea that it's like, if they're fine, but we've lost communication, there's just like plentiful fields and children able to be on Mars in their colony that they've established, but they don't know. And then after, so after he and, learns and, all about and Krylov's that. like, that's bullshit. That's not yeah. true. So like, he's like, he was playing with me, wasn't he? That was shit. It wasn't true. And then, and then he's like, what is truth? And then that drives him a little cuckoo. There could be a colony uh, on Mars. Uh, everything he's seen plus that becomes the centerfold of his his own uh, what, what am I doing here moment. Listen, Anne uh, Hathaway and drives him into the desert screaming about Mars. Yeah. And Anne Hathaway is somewhere on the planet. <laughs> Just like Interstellar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like that. I think I think Krylov's chapter is very strong, especially for... Oh, yeah, and then uh, when Pitar saves him... Um, they they talk about like uh, how how worried he was about him, uh, and Giant was inconsolable because they didn't want Krylov to die. Yeah. Uh, the the rescue of of Six Bill uh, by Thomas Good is so awesome. Uh, uh, he's like. Uh, there's no one else like us. Like we're the last two living real Americans. Like Cortez, I want these wheels up in twenty. And for God's sake, get this man a uniform. As if he just wasn't just like out in the wild naked. Uh, just put him right in right in battle, ready, baby. Right. And then mm -hmm. uh, I did want to highlight the Egon Egon Teller stuff, oh, God, which I is love uh, it. you know good approaching him early on and basically saying like I want you to make more super soldier weapons. I want you to to do more of this. And he's like, no, I'm out. Like I I'm jaded about that. I'm in a war with war. Um, and even though they get him with the the Hendrix poison, which good is uh, uh, not pleased that he had to do, but he did it anyway. Um, the fact that he bought a law firm, a whole law firm Empire, yeah. for the newspaper to go after good is so awesome. I love it, it so much. It's like one giant middle finger to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That whole, that whole bit was really good. I'm um, a big fan of when you, you know, Comics are, are a graphic medium and you can do whatever you want. You can do your regular panels. You can have just one big splash page, but also you can do what, uh, this is what Ed Brubaker does a lot in his comics. He has these, these, you know, uh, uh, basically like little essays on either side. And it's basically, we get the Egon story told through basically like, like a short novella over the course of a, of a, of a chapter. Yeah. Uh, and that's beautiful. I love that. I love reading. So I don't mind reading, you know, more than usual, uh, if it, if it's in context and like, I'm sure they tried to find a way to incorporate that into the story and it wasn't working out. So like, let's just dedicate like hardcore page time to this. Right. Uh, and I think every time it showed up, I was, I loved it. Uh, and again, like his ending is like really tragic and like, like believable in this world. I love um, when it's detailing when he went to the door of where he thought his son lived. Oh. And the guy tells him that his son doesn't live there anymore. And it talks about Egon feeling like, 
this man didn't even care about the bomb he just dropped at my feet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, he had no recognition for it, just started talking about the neighbor's lawn. Yeah. In the end, mm-hmm. the neighbor thought that he was just really upset about the neighbor's lawn being so bad. Yeah. It, it's, it's so sad. It's so it's so bitter. Um, uh, yeah, I really I really like the execution on that kind of storytelling. And, and then uh, the kind of come around like, uh, uh, F you, I meant it. I'm done with war and I want you to suffer for what you're trying to propagate uh, uh, by hiring that law firm. I thought that was excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I love, like, it's so sad, the ending, like, he was too tired to lift his hand, much less work out life and death. Is that Hendrix? Just, like, a little thought. Like, yeah. he's been listening to music this whole time, but, like, it's been Jimi Hendrix and he doesn't realize it. Like, mm-hmm. it's awful, man. Oh, oh, this is great. He thought about the old days, about heroes, hills, and cities on the moon. All he'd ever wanted was to know how it all worked, including especially this. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then he, uh, he, oh, beautiful effort disappointing results mm-hmm. that's that's mm-hmm. like a, a through line for unfortunately his whole life which is a uh yeah, that's a sad oppenheimer right there right yeah yep yeah and yeah, there's I, supposed I, to be a hint of that uh that is like if it camp even talks about in the afterward like it boiling everything down trying to t- say what this book is really about beautiful effort uh disappointing results yes yeah. uh and that's that's ultimately what all of it is uh and uh do you have, i'm sorry did you say something to say man i was but i lost it Sorry, Sorry, Ben. Um, okay. I just uh, I, I briefly talked to Sparks earlier about like like the behind the scenes of this. Like this started out as a much simpler book. He had the idea of like, oh, I want to do like cool Cold War stuff, but like the president is Captain America and Iron Man is in Russia, right? And it started at that level. And then as it got worked, as he worked on the script more, as he got as he got uh, Stephen Morian on as the artist, it drastically changed to something more dramatic. Uh, and more real and the more research did the more like the more real he wanted to be to afghanistan because if you're going to do a story like this like you got to be true to it because like you don't want to just be like you don't want to be like a phony it's like talking about a culture you don't understand right because like that happens honestly a lot in, in superhero comics specifically right uh so like the fact that this is so well researched it is so like it is like ripped from the headlines literally because again these are real life events um the way that the way that in azra's uh last chapter she gets to talk about the history of their area and ga and uh yeah. in in our you know there is no it was and it wasn't it was and it wasn't it's a concept we're familiar with yeah um and that's why i was so good at being a spy it's because i was and i wasn't yeah that's beautiful shit man um which is so true to the to uh what they researched and i think that's really well integrated in it again like i didn't start the book the first time i read it knowing how much it was going to end up this is a this is ultimately a story about the people who suffer at the locations where wars occur yeah um whether that be the people fighting it or the people who just happen to live where it's happening uh and i thought it was so so strongly executed um specifically god i love the page where um, the sky should be full of kites, but it's the child and mom with the bombs coming down. Oh, yeah. That is yeah. just like... <sighs> chilling. Yeah, very chilling. Yeah. Thankfully, they, they don't explode, but still, it's like, you look up, you see that, you go, oh. Yeah. That's reality. Yeah, man, this book is, it's really, really special. And like, it's so cool that like, I... I she even like comments in like, you know, it was a it was a miscalculation um with the with the bombing oh our yeah death, yeah yeah our deaths would have been a mistake had right. the bombs gone off like they weren't even supposed to be hit yeah 
Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, man, this book's fantastic. I'm just I'm so glad you picked it. Um I this is one of those things where like I love this book so much for like I almost wish this were an ongoing, but like this book is like basically 14 issues of a comic. Uh sure. it rolled into six uh, six issues. So like I basically got like a long, a long story. Um I I will I'm gonna come back to this. I don't know if it's something where like I want this creative team to come back to this world all the time because that could definitely that could dilute it as if they don't put mm-hmm. not that they won't put as much love into it, but you know what I mean? Like with something disseminal, like I don't want another watchman, right? Like I don't need watchmen. Right. Uh they, they did it though. Uh so like I love this world so I much. Definitely, I would definitely like Camp and Morion to work together again. Absolutely. They I have, don't they I just, don't need it to be about this world. Yes, at all. that's that's thank you. That's actually what I'm looking for. I want this team to work together. Uh and we haven't really brought it up, but like Adidica uh, Bidikar, the lettering is exceptional, and it's something that you don't really notice like when it's really good. Because uh, it's like lettering is not something you really think about, but like those those bubbles don't show up right. there on purpose. Like yeah. they are placed by they. Everyone has to communicate where that shit shows up, and specifically, um, it, like the very first issue when the helicopter blade is is been uh, exploded when it's falling, it's saying fuck, 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 fuck well, as it's falling. Yes, that's so good. Yeah, and uh, the lettering also, um, it's well chosen to help you know who is oh, yes. speaking for the for the monologue bits. Absolutely, uh, I There's, never got confused because of how it was structured. Absolutely. Absolutely. Planetov yeah. used like square boxes and then Aslo used kind of like like jagged boxes. Yeah, absolutely. That and you can always tell who was speaking. That's yeah. a great point. Um uh, and it's important to note, like, you know, because Camp talks about it in the afterward, um, and it's been spoken about in interviews. They he sought out uh working with Morian and Benakar. Like this was a desire to have this team together. And I think they really pulled off something that is not it's obviously like we've talked a lot about like what's strong about the narrative and the politics and everything that it's it's speaking to. Um, but it's also just gorgeous. It's a oh, gorgeous yeah. book. It's incredibly well laid out. The art is exceptional. It's some of the best stuff in comics uh today. And it's so ununiformed. Like I'm we are so used to and this is not me knocking again like knocking anybody but like just lots of grids. Lots of grids. Cuz like that is what comics do and that is an easy way to make a comic, right? And like a lot of my favorite comics are a lot of grids, right? Um this is not taking this is take, this is taking chances and it is being really weird with some of its layouts and again like the art changes from page to page sometimes just depending on how the vibe is feeling um i wouldn't say there's a format to yeah there's no it. format whatsoever yeah. uh uh it's you you could like if you didn't know any better you could think multiple artists work on this but it, it, it was one dude it truly feels like it's emotional storytelling yeah and like there it, you do feel the collaboration between morian and bitacar yeah with the language that camp is giving them like you feel the the desire to it's like each page is approached in its own way of how is this a how is this a piece of art how is this supposed to make you feel both because of where the words are and because of where the visuals are and what the visuals are yeah and how they're telling you the story every page does feel like regardless of the language it is meant to make you feel something every page is 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 valuable like true like every page it it feels like either it has a beautiful piece of art or beautiful uh spoken uh dialogue it has this every page is is could be framed uh I think it's lovely. Again, this took like four years to make and like you feel it. Uh, this is like one of the most impressive comics that I've ever read. Uh, I think it's just, it's truly astonishing. Uh, even though like Ben, I know you didn't like totally connect with it. Like like all the conversation we had was really lovely. And like you did, you did uh, uh, have a reaction to this book and that's exactly what mm-hmm. it wanted you to do. So like, I thank you for being here. Yeah. Uh, like I, you, you did, you do like this book more than you think, Ben, I promise you. I think I, I do. Conversation. I, I think I do. I think I just need another reading of this probably a few months, maybe a year or so down oh, the line. Soon. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, not not immediately soon, but 
this is definitely a book that I would like to come back to and with like maybe not like completely forget about it, but be like, okay, let me sit down, let me take breaks, like take breaks. No, and not, like, try to ma- now that I know really what I'm getting into, I won't just like try to marathon it or blitz through it. Where now I can sit and digest it because the more we talked about this, the more we the more the discussion we had, it's like the more I'm like, oh shit, maybe I like this book more than I thought I did. Yeah. And it was this just is definitely I, like I, I like like I know dense was the word, but like you you books like this, you gotta live with the book. You it's not a book you just meet halfway. You gotta go all the way for these types of books. Yeah, like, you really gotta like divert the time and this like book, and the love that these that these creators put into this it. book asks you to think about what it's giving you, and that's not yeah. just in terms again, it's not just in terms of what the words are, but what what it, are you supposed to feel when mm-hmm. you're looking at it? It's it's demanding that of you. Absolutely. Um, it's saying I want you to look at me and I want you to have a reaction and I want you to feel something. And mm-hmm. y- you do want to take the time to do that. So you know, in whatever way that that works best for you. Um, but but definitely, like I, you you highlighted such wonderful things that you did enjoy about the book. Yep. Like I definitely think you liked it. Um, and uh, I I I think it it's very strong just even for it to get so much out of you mm-hmm. uh, as just as this passing read um, that you don't feel like you had the time to, to fully integrate with. Um, I think that just speaks volumes about what it does. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. This is, I would say that there are not to like, once again, to bring up Watchmen one more time, but you know how Watchmen is considered is is on like Time Magazine's 100 Greatest Literature mo- Novels Ever Written. I yeah. I agree. I feel that this book, maybe not make it the top 100 because you know the start subjective, but this book shouldn't be looked at as a piece of comic books. This book should be looked at as literature because sure. I could definitely see this book is transcending the comic medium in a way where this is like this is literature. This is it is taking themes. It's taking story art uh story elements that of course people are aware and they know of but it's twisting it and i don't know if perverting it is the right word but it's taking what we think we know about something and completely putting it on its head and it's sculpting it to a brand new thing that it gives us like like you said it was all drawn by one dude there were times i'm like did they change artists halfway through this book and then it's like mm-hmm. oh i know there's a style i remember and it's like it's just the same guy because he's just that goddamn good real quick i thought when we got to chapter four and we got to this cover, I thought they were going to be monkey men. <laughs> like big monkey men. <laughs> At first, I, I saw the dude with a bat, and then below was like, why do they look like football players? And like, yeah. oh, that's because they're the suicidal cowboys. Baseball, football, it's all of it, baby. Yeah, um, I do believe, yeah, I do now after conversing with you guys, I think you pulled a Ryan and Last Jedi bit on me that I do like this book more than I thought. Mm-hmm. It is definitely something that is needs to be digest and is definitely yeah. something that even though that at my immediate visceral reaction was I do not like it, even though I know this is a good book, but the more I talked about it, I do think this is literature. This should be a literature book and something that honestly should be studied, really. I think this sure. is a good piece to study. Like we've talked about a bunch of other comic books that should be studied. Thankfully, there are some books um, in school curriculums that aren't banned. Yes, I stare <laughs> at certain. I, sorry, I just remember walking into a Barnes and Noble with my mom one day, and I saw Mouse in the History section. I just went off and how I was pissed off that that book was banned for bullshit. Yeah, it's true. And, she, and, and my mom doesn't know anything about mass. I told her what it was that it was a comic book autobiography. It was a comic book biography of the artist's father who survived Auschwitz. And she was like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, this book hits hard." 
Yeah. Just um, like 20th century men. Yeah, just like yeah, 20th unfortunately, century Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I, I doubt anytime soon this will get uh, the kind <laughs> of attention that Watchmen gets because it's a little too overt with its criticism yeah. of both war and mm-hmm. America. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. But still, it's, uh, it's, it's it, it is definitely... Sorry, go ahead. You need to stew on this book, I think mm-hmm. is the proper response. You need to... While, yeah, you need to stew on it, it is a slow read. It is not a slow read, but you should read it like a slow read, straight like a slow burn, let it mm-hmm. simmer, and then you can get into the tenderized good stuff. Don't, like, flame broil it right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, I laid on my bed. I laid on my bed. I kicked my feet up. It was a beautiful Saturday, like at noon. I heard my friend talk about a movie I didn't see. I'm like, man, life's good right now. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> Check out Haunted Mansion Review in like eight months. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever it comes out. But yeah, I, yeah, you convinced me. I think I do like this book more than I do, more than I thought I did. Okay. Then you whenever, whenever you're ready for a second pass, I'll happily. This is, you. this is one of the things where like, I, like, I, I don't want all of my favorite things to be turned into live action, but like, like this, like an HBO version of this, like with like the right creative team, like this would hit really, oh, really hard. Do, Especially if like, again, because like HBO is so good about like, again, like they did, they did a sequel to Watchmen and it was actually really good. Uh, right, opposed to was. like the comic sequel. Yes. Um, and that was not afraid to go after uh, really serious uh, issues. So like, uh, again, like uh, as long as I give you a big ass paycheck and you want to do it, like this is a book where like, not a lot of people are going to read this book because people don't read comic books. You know what I mean? Like, right. and this is a serious piece of art. And like, if it takes a, an adaptation to get people's eyes on this and I'll do it. But like, man, this is just, this is, this is such a special book and I love it so much. So thank you sparks. You know, I would have read it eventually, but it's here now and it came out this year. So you bet your ass it's on my top 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will definitely say the next time I do read this, I would like to borrow that hard copy because I think that's also would help me like get into it more because sure. uh, reading that book on a tiny, screen you kind of takes away some some of the magic sure i read a comic on a 45 inch television i at least read it on an ipad no no. i have to read it digital no i'm excessive i'm I'm, I'm excessive yeah but yeah okay 20th century uh uh, yeah i'm really i'm really glad i thought this was this was a great conversation i there's honestly so much more that could be said. There's so much more we could pick apart because this book is like that. Yeah. Um, but but for the purposes of what we're doing, I, I really appreciated this. I'm, I'm glad that um, there was so much for you guys to respond to. Obviously, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad that you uh, were able to bring so much of what you did enjoy about mm-hmm. it and, and uh, actively are thinking about it for the future. Um to it been uh and and kind of got your like in live digestion as it was happening <laughs> um which is which is totally fine oh my god oh there is like i did want to mention um it's my favorite joke in the whole book uh and and uh it's when krylov is with them on the mission and he said uh Padalov told me to leave all my equipment behind he was going to fix me up uh with what i needed for the mission so i was like oh equipment from the one of the world's greatest minds is going to be right here in my hands it's a little dinky kids mickey mouse telescope and he's like <laughs> oh yeah the little <laughs> such a good gag i love it so much you see the little mickey mouse just like oh, not completely mickey mouse but like it's mickey mouse on it and it's it's so funny that's good that's good that was good Oh man. Uh is it my turn to pick for the book club next I, time? 
Ooh, do think it is. Good question. Because well, it was B Dog, and then it was me, and then it was you. So that leaves. Well, guys, guess what? I actually know what I want to pick for the book club next time. Yes. 19th century yeah. myth. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about how uh, it was a uh, uh, 20th century fan wasn't light and fluffy. I'm taking us to light and fluffy land with the unbelievable Gwenpool. Yeah. All right. Is that yeah. you know what you're, you have the, do you have the info? Uh, it is by Christopher Hastings. The art is by Guri Hero. Um, mm-hmm. hold on. Let me just get some more. Try to get some more. I want to make. I want to double check because I pulled is up this the, like a, a volume one. It is volume one. Doing? Yeah. Yeah. It is volume one. Believe it. I am trying oh, really? to. I'm trying to find. Yeah, Christopher Hastings is the author. Guri Hero is the artist. She's awesome. She, they are actually. It's two people. Guri Hero is like a team. Oh, that's right. You're right. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. And I actually, I want to give a little bit of a reason why I'm picking this book Please. because you might think like me picking unbelievable Ben Cool was like what the hell unbelievable. So there's a comic YouTuber I watch a few videos on called Comic Drake, and he did a video about essentially the rise and fall of Gwenpool. Mm-hmm. I was watching, and he would put up, and he was talking about the first run, the unbelievable Gwenpool, and essentially how amazing it was, mm-hmm. and how it takes a character that he initially hated. And turns yep. into something that he had really loved. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this book a shot. Because all I know of Gwenpool is that she spawned from the Gwen Stacy variants and it stuck. Yep, that's true. She It was a very popular idea. And then mm-hmm. uh, she showed up in a comic. And they're like, that's cool. And people didn't very li- much like her. And then now she's had multiple miniseries yeah. now that have been really, really yeah. successful and awesome. So like, I'm, I'm glad you picked this, man, because I've been waiting to jump onto this myself. Yeah, and also I, anything with that Guri Hero draws, I just want to latch onto it because I absolutely love their art. Yeah, it, it is a very, very good stuff. Yep, so Great. Unbelievable Gwenpool, Unbelievable Gwenpool, Volume 1, Believe It. Naruto. Fantastic. Uh, super excited. Excellent pick, Ben. All right. Thank you. Uh, that will do it for our current episode of the Fakener Book Club. You will check out the Unbelievable Gwenpool uh in two weeks uh that'll be here in the meantime our intention is to get our alternate rotation going uh which should be wasted space volume four if you need to catch up on wasted space please go do so we have the first three volumes that we did a few years back and we also had a lovely interview with michael marisi who had not finished the series at the time uh so check all that out that's here on youtube and uh on the book club feed and then we will be back with Wasted Space Volume 4, hopefully next week. Brandon also has a Star Trek book club somewhere in the pipeline that's coming out. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, we'll be back again for our usual rotation, hopefully with Brandon. I imagine so for Unbelievable Gwenpool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right. And you can catch us then. In the meantime, uh, we also have a lot of Basement Arcade stuff out. So you should go check that mm-hmm. out. We're, we're going to have more coming out yep. pretty frequently. So keep an eye on it on the channel here on YouTube for that. And I'm going to get uh, off my ass and get some more Basement Arcade pause menus recorded and descriptions done and other stuff to give to Sparks because my, I'm so sorry, my friend, I suck. It's okay. It's hey, if you ever want, hey, if you want to, if you want to record something with me, I have a little extra time. Hey, yeah, there is stuff I want to record with you with uh, yeah. actually. So let's do it. Ooh, I'll All have right. my people call your people. Ha- 
hot sizzles, right. hot sizzles here. Uh, hot, okay, some so uh, we are we are we got that. If you are an audio listener, please check out our YouTube channel. Check out BakingPodcast.com for any updates on anything we're doing. As we allude to, there is a movie review uh, for Haunted Mansion that was recorded. A few other things, shows, and movies reviews that you can't check out right now because we are in full support of the strikes. So we will not be releasing them until the strikes are over. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hang out. And wait on that. In the meantime, we've got a lot of good book club and basement arcade content coming out for you. Um, also, Animation Station. Ben's been doing that with a, a brand for Digimon. And, uh, we, we're doing what we can here. Yeah. Um, so check all that out. Check out FakeNerdPodcast.com for all uh, the information there. Obviously, uh, a thank you to everyone who listens and uh, catches us uh, on YouTube or through the audio feed. And please uh, rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we big shout outs to Mike Matola for doing our logo for fake book club and Jimmy yeah. Gallucci for doing our music. Yeah. Uh, we love those guys. Um, you can check them out on TikTok, on, uh, Twitter. No, not Twitter for Mike Instagram, Instagram, um, TikTok. Yeah, Instagram, TikTok. That's where Mike is. Twitter. Not really Twitter for Jeremy either. Let's be honest. He almost never uses it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can check all that out. Uh, until next time. Uh, I am Sparks Witty. You can find me at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. Just getting excited about all the wonderful things we have lined up in Basement Arcade, including scaring the shit out of Ben. You can find me, Ryan Oleopolis, also really excited to scare the poopy pants out of Ben because we just have a lot of lovely, awful things planned for October at DJ Tony Snark. You can find me actually really hope really wanting to get back to uh, Sparks and Ryan's house so we can record more Dead Space because Dead Space is really fucking fun at Ben Magna 27 Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, as well as playing Mary Frankenstein in Dean Dark at the time of this recording, which I assume this is going to come out sooner. We're on a hiatus until October. I believe it's October 13th when the show will come back. But yeah, yeah our midseason finale just wrapped up. It's up. Um, go ahead, start if you've listened to it. Awesome. If you haven't started yet, go start it. It's great. These guys love the show, and which makes me really happy because they like something that I do on the side. It's true. It's a great show. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, that'll do it for this book club. We'll see you next time, and until then, stay fake nerds. <laughs>